I always say I have the best job in the world. I get to help women unlock their limitless potential so they can have it all. If your mind is saying you can't have it all, that's fear running the show. I'm here to tell you the only thing between you and holistic success is you. The doors to Limitless Warrior are officially open. Join Limitless Warrior. It's time to dig deep and shine bright. It's time to permanently break up with fear. If you want all the holistic success you've been dreaming of, join us. It's a 12-week program, once a week, on a Zoom for 90 minutes. Get off that hamster wheel and be the limitless woman you know you are inside. The link to save your spot is limitless-warrior.com. Join us. Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. Well, I've been thinking a lot about midlife lately. I'm in the throes of what seems to be perimenopause, although it feels like menopause to me. But I'm in the throes of perimenopause, and I've been thinking about how to make midlife And Lord, why do I hate that word? But I'm trying to think of ways to make midlife more juicy. In essence, I wish that someone had given me a little guidebook, a little something to navigate this season of my life. So today's podcast is going to be the beginning of that. Today's guest is going to talk to us about little things we can do to be more vibrant and have a better midlife. Doesn't that sound amazing? Ah, yes. So join me. You're going to learn so many things. We're going to talk about everything from weight loss and ozempic to cognition and your health and managing menopause. So join us and make sure you share this juicy conversation if it's been helpful for you. And stay tuned because I'm creating something especially for you if you're in midlife. That'll be launching soon. Okay, warriors, let's get into it. But first, there's a reason I joined the She Angels Foundation. She Angels gives grants to female-founded, nonprofit organizations that provide mentorship, funding, and resources to a diverse portfolio of women and girls' causes. Together, we can make an exponentially bigger impact, enabling greater diversity and creating a significant and collaborative philanthropic force. Become a part of our movement by joining the She Angels Foundation's Collective Giving Membership. Your membership is an annual, fully tax-deductible contribution. Just go to sheangelsfoundation.org. That's sheangelsfoundation.org. Give back to women. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show, Lisa King. Lisa King is a pharmacist of 35 years. She has also studied herbalism and life coaching. She is passionate about health and well-being and was recently named Single Care's Most Influential Pharmacist of 2020. Lisa provides simple strategies to revitalize your health and look and feel your best at any age through her media platform, The Fulfilled 
pharmacist. She has been featured in Women's World, Prevention Magazine, and Oprah, just to name a few. Lisa believes that sharing tiny changes we can make lead to big results in our health. I am all about that, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Well, I am so thrilled to have you because we recorded long ago and God knows what happened with the sound and it got all janky, janky, janked up. But now I'm even more excited to talk to you because as a woman currently going through what I think is menopause, Lisa, you tell me, I think I'm in, I think I'm in menopause, but it really hasn't been a year yet. So maybe I'm still in perimenopause, but I'm in definitely a midlife woman, Lisa. So I'm excited to kind of have a juicy midlife conversation with you and give people some really like simple, usable tips and go into some kind of areas that kind of women are wondering in this zone. Does that sound good to you? I'm ready for the juice. (laughs) Ready for the juice, she says. This is happening. Okay. I know women are concerned with their brains. Like we all are you know, some of us have Alzheimer's running through our families. We're really kind of like concerned. Like what can we do to make sure? Cause like, I really don't, I mean, I, I followed, I followed Doc Amen. I love that guy, by the way. I follow that guy and I see how he's doing brain scans on people and he's looking at their brains, but it seems so overwhelming, this whole brain health thing. Are, what can we do to kind of make sure that we are, we are, we are doing the most we can to avoid cognitive decline? Well, honestly, this is one question that I get over and over again. Like when I speak to larger groups of women, this comes up a lot. And a lot of times when we are in menopause, which is 12 months without a period. So I know so many women are like, I had 11 months and then, you know, I had it. So, oh my God, don't let that be me, Lisa. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, we start having brain fog and start, you know, start forgetting words. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on with my cognition? But really so many women have this question. It's a very important topic for myself because my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's and um, she has since passed from Alzheimer's disease, but it's really something that touches the whole family. And when she went through this, I saw this really strong woman, you know, going through this horrible disease state. And um, I wanted to learn everything I could. So the first thing, which is kind of obvious is that sugar is not an efficient fuel for your brain to run on. It's not an efficient fuel for your body. So I really started cutting back on sugar And when people see my, you know, fulfilled pharmacist Instagram now, they think, oh, she's leading this healthy lifestyle. I was not like this before. I have three sons. I was a mom who baked to show my love to my family. I was baking cookies every single day. I was coming home from the pharmacy after a 12-hour shift and having, I don't even like strawberry ice cream, but there's this certain strawberry ice cream with chocolate (laughs) ribbon through it that I would eat every night, you know, late at night, 9.30, when I would come home from work. So, so I was not always like this, but I started reading labels on sugar and content in food. So even things that are somewhat healthy foods, but that you think of like granola, protein bars, yogurt can be higher in sugar. And then I would always just choose the lower sugar option. So what I recommend is the American Heart Association recommendation for women of 25 grams of sugar per day. And this is a generous number. I've been called out on this number. (laughs) But it's a really great starting point. So if you're not really looking at, you know, your sugar content, you know, just start reading those labels, you know, because I personally, I'm like a, I love yogurt and granola. So right there, you could have 13 grams in your yogurt and then another 15 grams in your granola. You're, 
you know, almost up to your 25 grams just from what you think is a healthy breakfast. One, so, by the way, that's what's so confusing, Lisa, because it is so sneaky. There's sugar in things yes. you don't even realize there's sugar in, and you really do have to check. Yes, absolutely. And then from there, just start incorporating in healthy fats. So things like salmon, things that are high in omega-3s, nuts, a Mediterranean style diet works really, really well for cognition, eating, you know, that salmon, nuts, seeds, those type of healthy fats, avocado, olive oil. And I always recommend supplementing supplementing with an omega-3 as well. So this is something that you can also check with your doctor with if you want to check. But a lot of people are really deficient in omega-3s, even though they're eating a diet that could be higher in omega-3s. Myself, for one, I, I did not have enough omega-3s, even though I eat this way and I supplement. And especially women who have a more plant-based diet yeah. can really be lacking in omega-3s. So, so the supplementation as well, those are my big things. And also, as far as not eating after dinner, that really gives your brain a chance to rest. So I stopped eating that ice cream at nine, nine o'clock at night. I was what I called a nighttime nibbler. I would eat at night and I didn't even know why, but that really gives your brain a chance to rest, you know, rejuvenate, refresh while you're sleeping, clear away those amyloid proteins that can come up and cause cognitive decline in the future. So those are my biggest tips right there. And how do you know, I mean, I know it's kind of like not a one size fit all, fits all situation, but how do you know, because a lot of women and I talk about this, like mom brain is real. Like the minute mm -hmm. I had kids, I was like, hello, like what's going on? Then here comes like perimenopause is what I guess I'm in because it hasn't been 12 months, but I feel like I'm getting close. How do you know when you should be concerned about your cognition versus like you're having fog, you're ha menopausal, you're perimenopausal, you're a mom, you're exhausted. How do you know the difference between like, like, cause I just started literally noticing, like I I'm forgetting words. Like I'm literally like, where is that word that I, it's so accessible to me, but then I'm hurt hearing that's part of menopause. Yes, it, it is. And I listened to a podcast with a doctor who was a, an expert on cognitive health. And one of the things he said is, you know, when you want to really be concerned is if you start not being able to like figure out like tips in your head or math equations or things like that. So for many women, he was saying that are in menopause or perimenopause, usually the words that we are forgetting are names of things like people's names yes. or, you know, you're looking at the book, but you're saying like that thing over there, you can't think of the word book, things like that. So those, those are somewhat normal, that type of brain fog for women who are losing estrogen. But when you start saying, okay, I know that the tip is 15%, I can't figure it out, math equations, things like that, or what I've also heard is like when you look at the scissor and it's not that you can't remember the word scissor, but you don't even know how to use the scissor anymore. You don't even know what the use of the scissor function. is. Yeah, that, that would be the function. So, yes, that's when it's more of a chance of concern. And actually, this doctor was sharing that women are um, starting to be diagnosed younger and younger. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about just toxins in the environment, things like this. We are just so bombarded with toxins in the air we breathe, the food we eat, things that we put on our skin, that really just leads to an overload in our system. And sometimes there's a tipping point in some women that really cause that, you know, cognitive function to start disappearing. So, so really that, those are the things to look for. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy that I passed that test. Tell me about, we talked a little bit about menopause. 
Tell me about optimizing your health in menopause. I, you mentioned sugar. I'm sure that's like going to go on your list again. First of all, why is sugar just such a devil? Like, why is sugar so bad for us? And all, because like m- more than the obvious, which is we've been talking, it's not good for your teeth. You know, it, it spikes your insulin up. Like, I mean, those are kind of things we, we know. But in terms of optimizing health and menopause, what are what are some things there that you would suggest? Well, honestly, I just really feel like I know I had a hysterectomy. So I, I was just like, boom, in menopause. But I know when it happened for me, and I hear this with so many women, it's just almost like a new beginning. Like, okay, here we are. I'm in menopause. I think it's really time that I take control of my health because there's, you know, no turning back now. So yes, that, that reducing sugar. So there's something that a lot of people nickname inflammaging. You know, we have this low level of inflammation as we start getting older, just due to these toxins, the sugar we eat, uh, our diet, that type of thing. So it's just so important to reduce that sugar just for disease prevention. I'm all about preventing disease. So preventing things like diabetes, cardiac disease, Alzheimer's, cancers. So reducing that inflammation in our body, which will then help prevent those further disease states. Really moving, I think, is so important. As we age, we can lose 3 to 5% of our muscle mass every year after the age of 35. And just as we get older, I, I know that when I went through menopause, when I had my hysterectomy, my doctor said to me, not very much other than there's going to be hot flashes and you're going to gain weight. And I really didn't realize that the weight gain was going to be such a real thing. But just that decrease in estrogen, that loss of muscle mass, I just think really, you know, compounds itself. So just, I think movement every day, weight bearing exercise, so important. And then also what we just spoke about, that healthy eating, that diet, that's more of the Mediterranean style diet. And also fasting is really just so great for longevity, disease prevention. But what I did want to mention, I am a really big proponent of a 12 hour fast to help um, reduce inflammation. So many women will hear about, you know, the time-restricted eating with the 16 hours of fasting and then eight-hour window, or even some people just do the one meal a day. That's not right for everyone. It can work for some people, works wonderfully for some people, but not for everyone. Some women, myself included, will start to release cortisol, start feeling the heart palpitations, jittery, and it really just kind of has the opposite effect. So your body just feels stressed. So really, if just that not eating after dinner, just really, and even fasting for 12 hours just can be so beneficial for, for many women. Okay, well, that's good to know. You mentioned, I mean, we talked about all the toxins and things that are just bombarding us all the time, but I had seen you post something about beauty products interfering with hormones, which I was like, what? Because I'm taking estrogen right now. I was on such a log flume to hell in this uh, at first when people would talk about hot flashes i kind of was like oh what is this like i I thought it was like nothing until it was it really really hit me i'm up all night i'm going to the freezer i'm getting an i'm snuggling with an ice pack i'm snuggling i'm putting it on my bare skin like it's a teddy bear i'm like this feels amazing i'm jumping i'm jumping into my unheated pool like i'm i was mind. Well, I finally got on estrogen and an estrogen patch, and I'm definitely feeling so much better. The hot flashes are okay. gone. Praise the Lord. But I thought that was interesting that you said certain beauty products interfere with hormones. 
Yes. Uh, so there, you know, our skin is our largest organ and then it really can just absorb certain things. And so, you know, I see so many women sharing about a healthy lifestyle, but then I'll see them also sharing beauty products that are not clean beauty. So things like parabens, phthalates, mineral oil, and then also that other really sneaky thing besides sugar is fragrance. So these can cause increased symptoms. It just can cause that toxic overload, which can cause that tipping point for autoimmune symptoms if women have autoimmune disease. So many times I'll have offers to share products on my Instagram page that are clean beauty. And then when I read all the ingredients, there's fragrance in there. And it just, I'm like, why? You know, all the ingredients were wonderful. There were botanicals and just really fantastic ingredients. And then there's that synthetic fragrance. And it can mimic estrogen in the body and cause that estrogen dominance. And even women who are in menopause can have that estrogen dominance. And especially for younger women, it's really important. And that can cause things like, you know, fibroids, that bloating, the brain fog, that type of thing can even be linked to breast cancer. So so that was one of the actually the first things I did in my healthy living journey was to reduce you know, the parabens, phthalates, fragrance, mineral oil in the skincare and body products that I use, just due to the fact that I also have a family history of breast cancer. My mom and my sister are both breast cancer survivors. So, so this is something that's really, really, that I'm very passionate about to inform women that, you know, look for that botanical fragrance. A lot of, when I posted that about, you know, fragrance recently, some women said they spray it on their clothes. So, so maybe that's a little bit more helpful, but but when it's absorbed through your skin, it really can be detrimental. You know, so if you really want to lead a full, healthy lifestyle, I would really take a look at what you're putting on your skin as well. Yeah, that's a good point that your skin is your biggest organ. So you can just, you're absorbing so much like mm-hmm. lotions and perfumes. Like that's a big, that's a really, really big deal. I'm glad I'm, I didn't even think of it that way. Like in terms of like perfume, I didn't even think, I was thinking parabens. I was thinking, I wasn't even thinking about like perfume. Like that's something yeah. I don't think about, right? Like we, that's not a thing we think we don't associate with something that we should be careful about. Yeah. And it's funny because so many women said, you know, I, I just love my perfume. It makes me feel like a woman. It makes me feel feminine. And I, and I get that, you know, but, but also, you know, there's so many wonderful botanical fragrances now. So, you know, sometimes you'll see, it'll say something like natural fragrance on the packaging. So you want to look for something like that. Okay. I want to go down this crazy road. I, you know, I know a lot of people are crazy for Ozempic. I am a 0% not a fan of Ozempic at all. I saw recently that a woman died. This mother died and you posted about it. And I reached out to you because I was like, why is nobody talking about how dangerous this really is? We really don't know what the hell, like, I, I don't understand why like to me, this is like dying to be thin. Like I'm not dying to be thin. Like would I like to lose a couple pounds? Yes, I would. But am I dying to be thin? No, I'm not. So can you speak about that a little bit? Like about women right now that are on Ozempic and they're making that choice. What should they be aware of? Well, that's a great question. And I, and I honestly, you know, when I first heard about this, I was like, oh gosh, this sounds, you know, a little bit, Scary, but you know, I, I do want to say because people will say, well, this hasn't been tested. It really hasn't been tested long term for weight loss. But these are drugs that I've dispensed for years for people who have diabetes. So, so they have been around for a really long time. I think 
the problem that I have with it is now there are so many places where you can get it that really maybe just at a, like a spa-like facility, that type of thing, and not under a doctor's care. So I know it is really a really great tool for some women to kickstart their um, weight loss journey. And especially for women who may be actually obese or overweight in that category based on BMI. And I know BMI can be a little tricky. People are like, well, you know, that doesn't count for everything. But, but if they are at risk, for more disease states, such as heart disease, because women, as women, as our estrogen declines, we are at more risk for Alzheimer's, heart disease, that type of thing. So if they are at risk and they need that little boost and they are under a doctor's care, I say, you know, that's fine. The reason I posted about the woman who had passed away was just because she had been experiencing side effects for months, GI side effects, vomiting, nausea, diarrhea, constipation. And that was what ultimately led to her death. So that's what I just think is just so important is for us to really listen to our bodies. So I feel that if she would have, you know, maybe really reiterated to her doctor, perhaps, you know, this is what's happening with my body. This is how I'm feeling. Should I continue this? Maybe her death could have been, you know, avoided. And, and I often would hear this even at the pharmacy that, so many times, especially after a really difficult diagnosis, something like cardiac disease or cancer, my patients would share, I knew something was wrong. I knew for six months, you know, I was having difficulty going to the bathroom and then they had a bowel obstruction or something like that. Or I was having a lot of heart palpitations. I didn't feel well. I was tired. I couldn't breathe, but I was just too afraid to go to the doctor. So I think that's really my biggest message here is to just really listen to your body. And if you feel that you don't feel right, if you feel something's wrong, seek medical attention. Yeah. And, I, you know, but you bring up the point that people who are morbidly obese, of course, this is, you, you know, if you're already mor morbidly obese or, and you're, you're at risk of all these other things, Ozempic is a real is a real thing that you can use. A lot of the women I know are not at all near that. <laughs> they're just looking to go down a couple sizes. You know, they're maybe like an yeah. eight and want to be a two or they're a four and want to be a two or want to be a zero. That's that's what I'm seeing out there. Is that is it really a safe, healthy thing for them to do? Well, I mean, there are, you know, different side effects that can come along with it, you know, with the gallbladder, that type of thing, that the bowel obstruction that this woman had. The other thing I think to just really keep in mind, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that that muscle loss as we get older. So when you're really cutting your calories due, you know, to having the ozepic, not having that appetite your metabolism is going to slow down even more. So then when you go off of the drug, then, you know, you may have lost that muscle mass, really have, you know, not been eating as much. So you're, when you do start eating again, you have a tendency to gain the weight back. So those are some of the things that I really look for. So as, you know, even though I've struggled too with my weight, as I've, I've been in menopause now for almost 10 years, I really am looking more to just gain that muscle, really exercise, eat healthy, that type of thing. And it, and it is frustrating. Believe me, it, it, it can be just so frustrating that menopause weight gain. So I completely understand where it is very tempting to go down that road. Yeah, it is tempting. But I do think, you know, as as we know, because we are wise and older, there really is no quick fix. You know, there isn't a quick mm -hmm. fix. This is about a lifestyle. This isn't about a hot minute where you just start doing something because you just want a quick hit. You know, like when you get older, you realize that some of these take a little time and attention, right? And also there's a level of acceptance where you're like, you know what? I love my body. It doesn't need to be, 
you know, like a certain size or a certain way, like I can love my body exactly how it is. So that's, that's just my two cents on that, Lisa. But I would love to know, you, you answered this question before, again, on Instagram, and I was so excited about this question. What do you wish you had changed sooner before you really hit midlife? Because I always love to talk about sending the elevator back down for the women who are a little bit younger. You know, I'm 53. You're, you're a little ahead of me, you know, but there's women who are coming up behind me who are 45 who, you know, will gain so much, right, from this wisdom of like things you could be doing now, wish you had changed sooner so you could kind of come into midlife a little bit better. Yes, I, I, you know, honestly, one thing was I wish that I wasn't so harsh on my body. My gosh, when I was 10 pounds less, I was thinking I needed to lose weight. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. But, you know, I think, as you said, you know, you just start to accept, you know, like this, this is me, you know, this is who I am right now. And, and honestly, I just feel like midlife has just been like this oyster, like, you know, with a pearl inside, like this is just my time, you know, my children are grown. This is my time. So, so a few extra pounds, you know, I'm working on it, but, and honestly, it really is just to me more about a healthy lifestyle, but I do wish. I've not been a bigger exercise girl much of my life. You know, I, I did yoga years ago, more just walking. I wish I would have incorporated weight training sooner and, you know, started building that muscle up. So I had that muscle reserve going into menopause and then also just, you know, that healthier eating style, you know, so it, it took a little bit of an adjustment. It was the menopause that really caused that shift into the healthier lifestyle. I wish I wasn't eating the cookies that I baked every day and ice cream at 9.30 at night. So so just being a little bit more aware of having that disease prevention with the sugar reduction, the more movement. So, you know, I really had that really good backup going into menopause instead of just starting it at menopause and starting to think about it hitting menopause. Yeah, I just started lifting weights very seriously in the last... And it's so funny too, because I wasn't even thinking of it other than I just was like, I just want to be stronger. And now everyone's like, oh, good move. And I, and I, it really wasn't yeah. about menopause. It just was something like I was like, and then I started hearing like, oh, you're going to be losing my, I was like, oh, well then good, perfect timing. So, and it's amazing to me, this lifting weights thing, how much I really can lift. Like I had this idea in my mind that I really couldn't lift that much weight that I wasn't like strong muscularly. And I am over here curling these 20 pound weights and it's, and putting them above my head and it's nothing to me. And I'm thinking, well, good for you. That's awesome. I know. So I feel like I'm all powerful. I mean, it's really feeling good to me. Like it's, I guess what I'm saying is sometimes you surprise yourself. You know, you've got this certain idea of yourself. Oh, I'm not that flexible. Oh, I'm not that muscular. I'm not that good at exercising or whatever it is. Right. And then you kind of like put some focus and attention on it. I have this, I, I hired a trainer and she's really helped me like change my whole view of myself. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it, Lisa. I can't even tell you. But also let's speak to protein because that's something she's yes. to me all the time about, Lisa. She's like, you got to get the protein, the protein. Why is protein so important? Well, just for that muscle building. So I was always someone who really just skimped on protein in the past. I always had that more, you know, plant-based diet. It's, it's so funny. So this, I'm going to just tell you the story. This is like how I've changed how I've eaten we have a second home and there's a five guys, you know, hamburger place right by there. And I remember like, you know, about a year ago going in there and ordering, you know, looking at the calories and ordering the bun with just the lettuce and tomato on the middle of it. Cause that was the lowest calories having their vegetarian version. 
And now what I do when I go is I just have the hamburger patty without the bun. Right. So, so I've completely changed. So I'm, I'm looking at my carbs and also increasing my protein. So women really want to have about that 30 grams of protein a day. So I really just really take a look at that for each meal and just make sure I'm having that protein source instead of just having the salad with nothing on it. Yes. Agree. 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 I love that. In in an out burger, they call it protein style. You have protein. Yes, exactly. Yes. Although I like animal style protein style because I'm real wild. So tell me, Lisa, before I let you go, you've got this beautiful platform, the fulfilled pharmacist. If you had to, I I coach a lot of women right now, Lisa, who are coming into midlife and they're kind of like over it all. Like they're just over it all. They feel like they don't really have something to look forward to. They kind of feel like they don't, like whatever they're doing is kind of not working anymore. What advice do you have for women who are coming into midlife and looking for a bit of a reinvention? I just really honestly feel like, you know, this is our time. So I think you have to get over a little bit of the guilt of, you know, okay, I'm doing this for me as opposed to just doing everything for my family. And, you know, whatever it is, it it could be important to you. It doesn't have to be starting a podcast or an Instagram platform. It could be, you know, taking a pickleball or just taking that hour walk or joining a book club, but just really do something for you and just do what brings you joy. I feel like so much of my life I was spent not like waiting for something to happen if I was too happy or had too much joy in my life, like is the other shoe going to drop now? But but yeah. really just experiencing the joy in the little things because this is, we are on the second half of life. So we need to make the most of it and just do what brings us joy and makes us happy. It's our time. I agree. And I, you know, I always say you are the shoe. There's no, yes. shoe, there's no shoe that's going to drop on you. You are the shoe. Meaning like you are really in charge of your destiny. It seems sometimes like all these outside things are in, in control of you, but really you, it's, this is your show. This is your show. You're the writer, director, producer of your life. And what do you want it to look like? Do you want it to look like, oh my God, I'm getting older. I don't know what to do. I feel so you know, tired. Or, what? or do you want to be proactive and take charge and also kind of go on a little journey with yourself? Like I love watching your journey, Lisa. Like that is like my favorite. Oh, thank you. I love watching your journey because you explore things and then you give give us little tips and then you, you you talk about things you're experiencing and it makes it when you share like that and you communicate to us like oh this is something I struggle with and I'm working on it I'm looking at it I'm trying different things like it just it, people are so all or nothing these days right it's like sometimes we have to just kind of be in the messy middle and realize like it's okay to be in the messy middle sometimes and just be kind of figuring it out but as long as you're kind of progressing and moving forward and taking some action I feel like that makes us feel better I agree. And I, and I feel like, you know, even with any journey, even a healthy living journey, whatever, it just keeps progressing. So, I mean, I just keep incorporating new things. So, you know, the more protein is something newer for me. So, you know, it just, it just keeps progressing and we can just keep going on. And I, and I think also just do one thing today, you know, and, you know, so if you want to play that pickleball, go buy yourself a racket or buy the new book that you want to read. Just do one thing that's going to get you further towards achieving your goals. I love that. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to share this with everybody. I feel like 
we get to this, you know, I, I was on Instagram the other day talking about how no one talks about all this stuff. Like, it's so great that you talk about it because I feel like nobody's talking. I mean, we're just now beginning to have conversations about menopause. But I remember asking my mom about menopause. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, that's all? That's all you got for me is I don't know. So it's, I think we need to talk about it. You know, we need to share our experiences, like, and, and not make it like such a shameful, bad, embarrassing thing, but more like, oh, what's working for you? What have you found? What are you, you know, right? And share this information, you know, so that we can all kind of be on the journey together. I, I absolutely agree. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you, Liz. All right, everybody, thank you for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Leave me a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye, everyone. Bye.